for downloading the Kingdom Ministries podcast. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can learn more about our ministry of equipping followers of Jesus to use the resources God has given them at kingdomtools.org. Well, why would it be spiritual? Why me? Like, Because we all minimize our significance at God's children. And, and, you know, for you to discover your gifting, your place in the body, your calling, uh, for you to fit in that place, that, that the Bible uses that Greek term is literally like fitting a joint, a bone in place, for you to find that groove that God has called you to function in the body, that could mean trouble for the enemy. Prayer is one of those fundamental pieces of the Christian walk that can easily become confusing. It is no wonder that the followers of Jesus asked him specifically to teach them how to pray. In this Prayer 101 series, Keith Martins teaches a local Fresno church how to pray as Jesus did, so that they can see the same fruit that we read about in the New Testament. In part five of this series, Keith explains the importance of testing a situation first to be more effective in prayer and know if there is something spiritual causing a problem. What we're talking about there is a, 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 way, a, a way of testing to see if something's there. Like, again, I said, we're not into virtual deliverance where somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I'm struggling with lust. And you immediately bust out. Well, we command a spirit of lust to come out. Well, how do you know one's there? You know, people with those giftings might know. Some of you in here can see, sense, and know that someone has some kind of a spirit, if not specifically. But for most of us, like myself, I just test it by saying, now, if there's something spiritual involved in this, we expose it in the name of Jesus. We command it to come in light. And then what to do after that? You know, it's good to keep your eyes open, you know. A few times I haven't, and, some, you know, oh, they're right in my face. Or, uh, but, you know, and other times it may really, it's maybe a lie they believe. It's not some big scary thing. A lot of times people come in, they, they want to come in for this deliverance experience. They think that's going to solve all their problems. And uh, people with schizophrenia that get off their medication come in. I, no, it's, it's schizophrenia. Man. I mean, we'll, we'll test it. We do all the things. We do all our best. And I'm praying, yeah, let it be a demon. That'd be awesome because that'd be easy. That'd be simple. Problem solved. Boom. You know? But sadly, it's more complicated than that. And so uh, just how to discern the difference between that sometimes. And, and uh, what we're here to do is just have some interaction as we go and, and ask questions and kind of coach you through this. We don't have all the answers and and. and but we do rely on the body. We know that together God will show us what to do. And sometimes we're left with, well, I don't know, man. You know, um, like some people say, go find a five-year-old to pray for you. You know, <laughs> they have a lot of faith uh, sometimes. So we want to kind of deal with that area about testing demonic stuff. And even for your home or workplace, it's just some cool stories about going there and, and not making a big scene, being all weird, but just Taking more authority of your household, especially the men, very critical role. Uh, had a number, number of stories that have added up over the years that just point to, wow, it's important for the husband, not only who would probably in a second try to defend their home and make it secure at night and all that, but they, they don't do any of that spiritually, which is more important. And uh, just some ways of, of doing that and seeing some things change where you begin to look for fruit. Now, see, if you begin to see change and you do these interventions, you know it's probably spiritual. 
And then the question comes up for people, why would it be spiritual? Why me? Like, because we all minimize our significance at God's children. And, you know, for you to discover your gifting, your place in the body, your calling, uh, for you to fit in that place, that, that the Bible uses that Greek term is literally like fitting a joint, a bone in place. For you to find that groove that God has called you to function in the body, that could mean trouble for the enemy. You're more important than you think. You may think, oh, I just stay at home and raise these kids. I go, oh, man. How do you know those kids aren't super anointed for something and gifted? Most of the kids we see now as adults have been abused as little kids because they're gifted. That's one of the big light bulbs that's come out of here because, oh my gosh, these people all in common have tremendous spiritual giftings in their life. No wonder the enemies try to destroy them, abuse them, tear them apart, and just horribly, horribly abuse them because of that gifting. Because it's dangerous. Think about it for a minute. If you had sight, spiritual sight, to see what was going on in the kingdom of darkness and you were confident in who Jesus was and knew your authority, I mean, the party's pretty much over. You know, if you know where the enemy is and the strategy is, you just go in there, boom, boom. You know, it's, it's no big deal then, right? But for guys like me, I'm just like, you know, Mr. Magoo, Forrest Gump kind of walking, well, if there's something there, you know, or... You know, one of the times it actually hit me, I went to this New Age bookstore in St. Louis. She was in those smelly places, you know, with all that, I don't know, whatever that stuff, that dried stuff. And, and so I was in a bookstore because I saw books. I didn't pay attention. You know, here's Magoo walking in there, you know, gumping my way through life. And, and there's all these crystals and New Age material. I didn't even see that stuff going in. So I come out and I had this headache. And I never, ever have headache. It'd be strange for me to ever have a headache. And so I go, babe, I, I look back and I go, oh, that's kind of a weird place. I go, babe, can you pray for me? She prayed, used authority. If that's spiritual, I command to go in Jesus' name. Headache, why don't we just like that? I go, oh, that's weird. Like, I don't want to get into, oh, this and that and happen. It doesn't matter. What's the fruit? Is there fruit that comes from it that is biblical fruit, that brings freedom? Uh, and sometimes it's a good thing. We ask the Lord to reveal or we command it to be exposed. Like, why is that there? So you know not to get back into that again. You know, that that's a discipleship issue where, nah, don't touch that hot stove again or don't take those drugs again or don't be sleeping around with these people or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's that track. The next track, which will probably be uh, uh, next uh, in the winter, we're going to take a break in January. We're going to do five weeks uh, special just, you know, for people involved in different leadership in the churches. We're going to really focus on uh, uh, prayer and authority, but also leading people to freedom. Well, let's say someone comes to your house, you're having coffee, they're struggling, man, I always feel like I'm never heard, or this happens over and over again, I keep missing this. Where you begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show them, what's the root of that? And to use your authority to expose things that are hidden and uh, to test for things that are spiritual. That brings freedom to people and uh, gives some insight. And so that's something for people that are... Uh, you know, you're with people, whether it's in the workplace, which is great, it's so cool, or, or uh, in, in your ministry here at the church or outside the walls of the church. But after that, we're going to get in this 200 series, which is more Lord Teaches to Pray, uh, the model and practice of biblical prayer. And this idea, which I've kind of made into um, what, the Bible, what Jesus says when we pray, he says, pray thy kingdom come, right? And so we hear that a lot. And so I kind of broke it down and put it in more of a vernacular. It says, when Jesus prays, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
He's basically saying, look, pray for God to get his way. And so we're going to talk about getting God's way, to look at the circumstances, you know, whether it's your marriage, your life, your job, uh, your personal well-being, someone's health, uh, the mission of your church or whatever. Say, you know, is God getting it? Is this the way God would have it when he says this, 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 and this, right? And is our marriage the way that God wants it to be, the way we even want it to be? And then how to contend for that because you're basing your prayer and using your authority on something solid, on God's word, on what he wants. And we're going to look at some of the prayers and how they do that. And many of them are like this. They were saying, now, God, you said this, like that one I referenced earlier about Jehoshaphat. You know, here they're going to be attacked. And Lord, you said this, if we ran into this kind of trouble, we were ever threatened, that if we stood here before you and called you to deliver us, now, you know, you promised to give us this land, and here they are about ready to take away from us. You said this, and if we did this, you would do this. Now, Lord, we look to your eyes on you. What do we do? And he comes up with this great plan. He sends a fireball down from him. Certain, no. What does he do? He says, well, I think it's a big good idea if you guys put the choir out in front. You know, they're intimidating, especially those tenors. Let's get those guys right out in front. You know, like, really, this is going to work? How'd you like to be in the choir? No weapon. You're out there singing, you're in the front, front line. You know, it's kind of like the British used to fight. It's kind of like, uh, well, whoever came up with that idea, I don't know. But, but so you're standing there, you're crying, you're singing, you're going, oh, I'm so dead. You know, I mean, and what I love, it whenever the Bible talks, and we don't throw this around, you're like, oh, yeah, the battle belongs to the Lord, la-di-da. And I go, what does that mean? That means you're going to be in a recliner. Look at all the places where it says that. You have to get up and do something like he says, hey, don't worry, the battle belongs to the Lord. Now, go out and face the enemy. What? I thought, you know, you said the battle belongs to the Lord. Can't we just sit in the recliner, get the remote? You're going to take care of it? No, you have to go out there, you know, and, you know, take a couple extra pair of underwear just in case. You know what I mean? It's like, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. And so there always requires faith. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Ministries podcast. Tune in to our next episode for the continuation of this series. And for more content, please visit us on the web at kingdomtools.org.